Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer. I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. Hi, I'm Harry Littman, host of Talking Feds, a roundtable that brings together prominent figures from government law and journalism for a dynamic discussion of the most important topics of the day. Each Monday, I'm joined by a slate of Fed's favorites and new voices to break down the headlines and give the insider's view of what's going on in Washington and beyond, plus sidebars explaining important legal concepts read by your favorite celebrities. Find Talking Feds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is AG from Muller She Wrote. This is a free bonus episode for all of you. It is an example of what we put out on a daily basis for our patrons. If you want access to these ad-free daily updates, just head to patreon.com slash MullerSheWrote and you'll be able to have access to all of them. Uh, this is the show that we are putting out right now uh, in anticipation of developing our new daily news pod called The Daily Beans. So check it out when it comes out and become a patron. You'll automatically become a patron of The Daily Beans if you become a patron of Muller She Wrote. And like I said, you'll get access to these episodes that come out every day. Thanks a lot. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. 
Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Mueller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today is Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. Welcome back, you guys. Hey. I am feeling much better today. So I'm so glad. You may sit near me. Um, this is the Daily Update for Wednesday, April 10th, 2019, and we have a lot for you today. First, Jordan has a Nunez hat trick. Three stories on him today, along with the release of the uh, Jim Baker transcripts. Mm-hmm. Jaleesa, you have stuff about the election in Israel and an update on how many of our how many of our state election systems were targeted in 2016. I have some updates on Bill Barr and the Mueller report, new info on Hope Hicks and Trump's bodyguard, Keith Schiller. We've all been wondering where that guy went. Uh, and the late breaking news. We have some late breaking news coming out like as we speak. Guys, thank you for being patrons. Uh, We're working really hard on the Daily Beans, and I had a revelation last night, probably fueled by the steroids they injected (laughs) me with yesterday. So I sprung up at like 3 a.m. in in a Bill Barr roid rage and uh, hammered out the structure for the Daily Beans, just half asleep. I'm super happy with it. We've got uh, They Might Be Giants working on the music. They wrote the theme to The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Legendary. Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, we have Dallas McLaughlin from the Aquabats Super Show and Yo Gabba Gabba contributing. Tamara Catan from They Tried to Bury Us podcast is working with us. And we're working with the guys from Dan Harmon's podcast network to put together an award-winning daily news pod for you. We even have a tagline ready to go. You want to hear it? Yeah. Yes. Some news, more swears. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited about and we got that we got that from John Flansburg of They Might Be Giants. Oh, no yeah. Uh, I'm really excited about what we're going to be putting out for you. So and you guys are I think excited about the uh, new format. So too. so excited. Yeah. yeah, I'm so excited because we get to continue our roundtable vibe which which I think is like it's how we started It's our specialty. It, yes. It's <laughs> our speciality. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it now. Um I can't wait to do it full time. Uh, We will likely record it in the evening and release it the same night so you can listen like falling asleep, uh, which I know a lot of you do. And I'm not offended by that. I think maybe my voice is so soothing, soothing. Yeah. And (laughs) hopeful. We should do an ASMR episode. For liberals. Yeah. You can see see the one for white liberals. (laughs) It was so good. (laughs) It's really good. Uh, and I know I was a little angry the other night, but I'm fine. I want, I want to let you know that I'm just using that to fuel, uh, the activism that you know needs to take place absolutely but i appreciate your concern and roid rage really um or you can listen to it as part of your late night talk show routine or take it in during your morning commute so it's going to be about 30 to 40 minutes long and i know you're going to love it so i'm really excited and as patrons of muller she wrote you're automatically patrons of the daily beans so you'll get ad free episodes and all three of us are hosting so look for it soon i'm i'm really excited uh, and thank you all for voting for Mueller, she wrote, to win the Webby. We're hanging on to first place. We've dropped dropped a couple points. Yeah, I guess that's going to happen. You know, it's a competition. But uh, you guys are on it. Uh, remember, you can vote once for every email address you own. So thank you so much for voting. It's ex- truly humbling, honestly, how much you guys are voting for us and that we're in first place, or that we were even nominated. And yeah. <laughs> even nominated for another Webby we didn't even know we were nominated it's for. It's also incredible. It's pretty great. Um, so thank you all for that. We obviously couldn't have done it without you. And uh, finally, thank you for all the get well wishes and emergency kittens and pod dogs and podcat pictures. Yeah, the eye bleach, as they call it. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, by the way, that thing I posted about elephants thinking humans are cute like puppies uh, is unproven. 
So <laughs> keeping it real. I'm going to keep hope alive but for that the, one. That legit made my day. I was like, that is the best feeling. Yeah. Fake or not, I don't care. You're not saying on a sad day, elephants scroll through Instagrams of humans. That's not what's... <laughs> <laughs> That's to not feel what's better happening. about themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like, damn big fingers. <laughs> and then, like, the fucking holier-than-thou elephants are, like, oh, these stupid humans with their own Instagrams. <laughs> Fuck. Yes. And Fuck this. Humans. Elephants putting clothes on their humans. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see that. Tired of that shit. Uh, all right, guys, housekeeping out of the way. So we have a lot of news to get to, so uh, let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, guys, let's kick this off with Jalisa. What do you have for us on the elections in Israel? Yes, yeah, so on this week's edition of Fascist Do the Darndest Things, we learned today that Netanyahu, his party, placed 1,200 hidden cameras in Arab polling stations on Election Day oh to, quote, lower the voter turnout to under 50%, which is the lowest it's been in recent years. Way to bring down the vibe, Julissa. Mm-hmm. I know, Debbie Downer over here. <laughs> so his PR firm was even bragging about it on Facebook. The head of the firm posted, quote, After a long preparation period, an amazing logistical base, and deep and close partnership with the best people in Likud, we put together an operation that contributed crucially to one of the most important achievements to the right-wing bloc, keeping the Arab vote legal. Apparently, as soon as the cameras were discovered by voters, there were confrontations and riots, some even halting the voting process at some polling places. Holy shit. Yeah. That's fucked up. It's pretty flat-out racist. Wow. Yeah. According to an Arab majority leader, quote, the situation caused fear among many voters who were afraid to get to the polling sites, which was the intention of Likud and the camera operators. So they got what they wanted. They scared people away. Yeah. Kind of like the census issue we have here in America. Yeah. Yeah. Except like way more blatant, a little camera. For in your sure. Face. Yeah. Camera in your face. Yeah. Candy camera. In fact, earlier today, the PR... Smile, you're on Arab camera. (laughs) Ashton Kutcher comes out, you know. (laughs) We made a theme song for it. Have I been punked? (laughs) In fact, earlier today... It's not funny. No, we're just trying to cope with it. I don't blame you, AG. The PR company published a Facebook post along with a picture of the firm's executive standing with Netanyahu, and the caption said, Thank you to the 1,300 field operators who were present at polls throughout the country, from the smallest villages to the largest Arab cities. Uh, Oh, my God. Apparently, though, these cameras were only placed in Arab communities. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, because they're saying probably, like, Hamas sympathizers live there and stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. Another Arab leader said, now it's official. The Likud, and I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, L-I-K-U-D, Likud maybe, tried to lower the Arab turnout throughout illegal means, hidden cameras, monitoring, and voter suppression. This is what delegitimization of the fifth of a fifth of the citizenry looks like. What started out as unleashed racist incitement t- continued in the nation state law and could end with a transfer government and revoking rights. So powerful stuff, a little hard to read, but <laughs> basically people are pissed off and uh, they're just calling it as they see it. This is straight up voter suppression. And it's like you said, Jordan, to the extreme power. And not to mention that on Election Day in 2015, the same leader of the PR firm was beyond a f- uh, or behind a film showing left wing activists as traitors who would end up hanged. And they used anti-Semitic stereotypes in the film. So it seemed like seems like these guys clearly have race-based political motives to discourage Arabs from voting in the election. And as a result of this, many Arab organizations have filed urgent complaints at the Central Elections Committee. So we'll just have to see if that, you know, goes anywhere, really. But yeah, I mean, considering so he's, 
he's currently under investigation for corruption. I mm-hmm. would not be surprised if that's another thing that he'll interfere in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shameless. He already has, like you said. That's so messed up. It would have been so surprising though if he didn't win. Yeah, I mean, it's like obvious. Yeah, he. Yeah, we should have. I guess it was to be assumed that he was going to do some really sketchy stuff like this, and that that's. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, Likud. Yeah, Likud. Thank you for that. Party Israeli party. I appreciate that. Yeah, but you're totally right, Jordan. Like this is, I wouldn't put it past him. Like this is expected, you know. But it it just sucks that he's being so blatant. And uh, I wonder how it'll it'll affect the actual results. I don't think they received them yet, right? If I'm not mistaken. I saw that the his like main opposition conceded defeat. I I thought. Oh really? I I thought that I saw that. Yeah, he did concede. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Jeez, Louise. How do you? That's so, dude. Israel's like yeah and do we it, have any li- if we have any listeners in israel can you like email us and let us know what your perspective is yeah, on all of that we actually yeah we got another email um from the israeli journalist that we had we um read their email before yeah mm-hmm. um i could i didn't prepare well enough we get a lot of emails <laughs> but uh yeah we can definitely bring it up again yeah we'll see what she want. says absolutely yeah yeah um wow okay kicking off with some racism wonderful yeah <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, didn't I think Beto O'Rourke recently came out and just said Netanyahu is a racist and some people freaked out and said the Democrats need to get their anti-Semitism under control. Fuck oh that, my dude. goodness! You know, coming Fuck from the administration, shit. the guy who puts Hitler books on his bedside. But yeah, okay. And then that Candace Owens thing. Did you see that? Where mm-hmm. she had <laughs> testimony? Yeah, yeah. she's testifying, and Ted Lieu played her own shit back to her, where she was saying Hitler was pretty great yeah. as a nationalist, you know. But then he wanted to take it global as a globalist, and then it, that's when it went bad. <laughs> You know, someone made a meme where they replaced the image of um, that clip with a Mueller Schrute icon and made it seem like Ted Leo was playing Mueller Schrute for her. Oh, (laughs) they put it in our Facebook group. Yeah, it's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, we got to share it. Okay, yeah, we totally. And that look on her face, she's all, oh, fuck, I'm Mm -hmm. fucked. I love technology in these day and ages. Uh, I know. You can't get away from anything, and that's good. A lot of transparency going around. All right, Jordan, we're playing all the hits commercial free and coming up now. Three in a row by (laughs) Devin Nunes means it's time for a Nunes rock block. Oh, yeah. On Monday, new- Kool-Aid person was my first That's voice. That's so funny. It's your radio oh, voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On, <laughs> on Monday, Nunes filed a $150 million defamation lawsuit. This is, yes, a separate lawsuit. He filed it against the McClatchy Company and a Virginia communications consultant in a Virginia circuit court. Uh, the person that was wrapped up in this recent lawsuit is uh her her name is liz mayer she's also listed in the lawsuit that he brought against devin cow and twitter among other accounts um he wants a story so so basically what the basis of this lawsuit is is he wants a story that was published about his investments into the alpha omega winery to be erased from the internet entirely because they were reporting on the the yacht cocaine prostitute (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is now a trending hashtag on Twitter. Which are seriously the only three cool things about this guy. Like, it's so funny that they're pumping that and it's like, you know. Yes. Yeah. So his issue, he's saying, I only like was peripherally investing sort of in, in this winery and you can't prove any of the, you know, the, like the connections that you're trying to make between me and this party was defamation and clearly only had the intentions of slandering me and this is unacceptable and and if you don't remember there was this yacht party that had hashtag uh yacht cocaine prostitutes on it and 
I guess it's the boat hose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and so this was like a. It was supposed to be a charity yacht event. Don't those things just go hand in hand? Just selflessness and yachts. That's what I think of <laughs> when I think of nonprofits. And we always have yacht parties. We have yacht parties every week. Uh, from Muller, she wrote, "We, we, when you donate money to us, uh, we give some of it to Swing Left, and then we have Most, a yacht party yeah. to celebrate." Yeah, we don't even use like ocean water. Just we just like float on money. <laughs> yeah. Yes, float on our ocean of cash. Yes. Only Aquafina carries our yacht. (laughs) Money goes straight into the yacht. (laughs) Prostitute urine. Nice. And and so some of these people that were huge investors in this winery that were on the boat were allegedly doing cocaine and were planning and plotting activities with sex workers, some of which seemed to be underage and unable to even consent. And this all came from testimony by a worker who was providing refreshments and whatnot mm. or, uh, as a yacht worker. <laughs> yeah, it's refreshing. <laughs> so yeah, so Nunez is like upset that he's being associated with that. And he went on Hannity and he was like, if you're out there and you lied and you defamed, we are going to come after you, which makes him sound like if Liam Neeson was not a badass, that's, <laughs> that's like what, what that is. Who hurt my feelings? I will find you and I will kill you. I am Devin Nunes. <laughs> <laughs> He's the worst. And and, and so the, moo. <laughs> the complaint that he filed on Monday also uh, it, it basically served to frame mayor's criticism of Nunez and the Fresno, that was the Fresno B was the publication, one of the many publications involved that he has issues with. Um, it was supposed to frame their reporting on that yacht party. And then also McClatchy's promotion of the piece across a bunch of its publications, basically. And he said that it was a nefarious plot to interfere with Nunez's congressional investigation of corruption by the Clinton campaign and alleged collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia during the 2016 presidential election. So, of course, he has to tie this all in with his other trolling efforts or else it wouldn't be Devin Nunes. <laughs> um, and Nunes lawyers, they tried to prove that they were trying to smear Nunes on Twitter by bolding words like cocaine and Devin and woman. This is one of the things that his lawyers argue. They're like, they're unfairly really trying to get him, you know, on these certain catchphrases. They're even boldening them. But Twitter doesn't do that. They don't even have that function to embolden the words. What happens is when you search certain terms, the search results that it gives you automatically boldens a word that you that you were searching for. So those were the screenshots in another episode of Republicans Can't Tech. Oh my god! And so they tried to show for, those like searching for all tweets that have woman and cocaine in them. And, and then when they see it, and it says Devin and cocaine and woman are bold. They thought that the person who tweeted it made it bold. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Look at this. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Can we? Can I? If, can I sue for stupid? <laughs> I hope so. That would be great one day, Mister Frivolous Lawsuits Act. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's just doling them out like left and right. And he also, fun fact, bitch. never even <laughs> submitted a formal complaint for a request for a correction. To the publication either. Of course not. To the actual Fresno Bee. So. No, of course not. It's yeah. just a just a little pitch. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that Nunez hat trick. Yes. Um, all right. So, 
Today, we learned from the Wall Street Journal that the Southern District of New York actually questioned both Hope Hicks and Trump bodyguard Keith Schiller about the Cohen-Trump AMI catch-and-kill hush money porn star payoff extravaganza. (laughs) They apparently were asking Hope Hicks about whether she helped coordinate any of the payoffs and about her contacts with David Pecker and her involvement with American Media Inc., This is big because it means the investigation was not solely reliant on the testimony of one Michael Cohen, the totally unreliable liar. Uh, Wall Street Journal is also reporting that the prosecutors have recorded phone call. They have a recorded uh, (laughs) a recorded phone call between Cohen and the lawyer who represented Daniels and McDougal. I'm assuming they're talking about one Keith Davidson. And remember, we had put beans on the fact that they were probably working in cahoots uh, and we knew Keith Davidson is under investigation as well. The Southern District of New York also questioned Keith Schiller, Trump's bodyguard, about the hush money payoffs, likely because of his close proximity physically to the president. (laughs) So that uh, all makes sense with the timeline. But again, the big payoff here is that it's not just Michael Cohen providing testimony against individual one and AMI in this case. And that will be huge for any future indictments or trials that may result from the catch and kill investigation, which could include the Trump organization and its officers, Weisselberg, who was offered limited immunity, and the Trump crotch fruit. Um, (laughs) My guess here, and the these are beans, is that they wouldn't have given a non-prosecution agreement to AMI and partial immunity to Weisselberg if they weren't planning on bringing charges, unless, of course, their evidence does not rise to the level of criminality needed to indict the kids. But that's a lot of people to let off the hook for nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're saying. you're saying strategically, if they were doing that, it would be in the goal of getting an indictment out. Correct. And then if they hit a roadblock or something, that yeah. would be the only thing. Yeah, yeah. totally. So um, that's that. Uh, Jaleesa, uh, what did we learn about Ugh, this is ugh, frightening. Yeah, I've got all the sad stories. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like <laughs> Sorry, it all. I gave you all the shit burgers. It's all good. Uh, what did we learn about the state election systems in 2016? Ugh. Yes, so this week, the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI have issued a joint intelligence bulletin, or JIB, which makes me think of JIB. <laughs> this joint bulletin was addressed to uh, state and local authorities regarding the Russian hacking during the 2016 U.S. elections. And while this JIB contained mostly information that has already been made public, it is the first official confirmation that the Russian hacking efforts went far beyond the previous reported 21 states. In fact, the bulletin states that the Russians orchestrated hacking efforts in all 50 states. Yeah, specifically, the bulletin says... All 57 states. All 57, <laughs> yeah, and all three Mexicos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we put cameras up on the Mexico states. That's right, yes. And, and Puerto Rico. Man, the world is so sad right now. Yeah. Puerto Rico is one of the Mexicos. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the fourth. Like Tito. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, the bulletin says... Tito Jackson or Tito Puente? That's a good question. I was thinking Jackson, but hey, good distinction. (laughs) The bulletin says Russian cyber actors in the summer of 2016 conducted online research and renaissance... Renaissance? Oh, reconnaissance. Oh, reconnaissance. That's That's an interesting word. That's like... Recon. Yeah. Okay, Recon's okay. Recon. I yeah, like yeah. saying it like you said it a lot more, though. Reconnaissance. Yeah, yeah. Reconnaissance. <laughs> Reconnaissance, man. <laughs> yeah. They did this to identify vulnerable databases, usernames, and passwords in web pages of a broader number of state and local websites that previously identified, uh, bringing the number of states known to be researched by Russian actors to greater than 40. Despite gaps in our data where some states appear to be untouched by Russian activities, we have moderate confidence that Russian actors likely conducted at least reconnaissance against all U.S. states <laughs> Based on the method, method, I am butchering this method, <laughs> methodic, methodical nature of method their man. Res- method man. <laughs> yeah, they're making a new how high. It's totally unrelated, but <laughs> interesting. Yes. Yeah, 
This newly available information corroborates our previous assessment and enhances our understanding of the scale and scope of Russian operatives to understand and exploit state and local election networks. So, all that being said, because of this, the DHS and the FBI are focusing vigorously on protecting the legitimacy of the 2020 election. However, their cybersecurity division only has a budget of $33 million, which I'm pretty sure used to be $120 million. I think we reported on that, but then we also reported that they slashed the department and slashed their budget a few months ago. I don't know if it was part of the budget, but it was 120 million specifically to fight election fraud. Right, right. So this is for uh, cyber terrorism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be a different budget. That's a good point. But either way, the team is optimistic that the people will soon catch on to how serious this shit on and start advocating for them to receive more money. So they're just hoping with this information that people will be like, you know, don't let this go. They hacked all the states. <laughs> this God is a damn. big deal. We need more money. Yeah. All the states. All, all of them. them. How? The United States. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So this is attempted or successful? No, so they have targeted. evidence that, yeah, targeted, targeted okay. yeah, yeah. So there's traces of them hacking certain things more directly and then attempting to get into others. So they were only successful, I think, and I said over 40 of them, but the rest of them, they have evidence that they were at least trying to. Got it. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I missed that. Yeah, that's no fucking awful. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yep. Ah, I wish I had more punchlines. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Voting number's too big to manipulate. Yes. Yeah. We need cyber walls is what we need. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fuck so that border wall. Cyber border security. Cyber wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the money for it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Spend it. Seriously. God damn it. Stuff's so fucked up. It I is. Know. I know. It's awful. I know. Thank All you, right. Julissa. Yeah. No worries. Back to you guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Jordan. So uh, Jim Baker, one of the original Comey Five, that's the name of the five dudes Comey shared his contemporaneous notes with about his Trump meetings, mm-hmm. all of which were fired, resigned, retired, or otherwise shat upon. <laughs> uh, but Baker's testimony transcript was released, right? It had some really interesting things in it. What'd you find out? Yeah, definitely. So um, a couple main points came out of that and are in the news cycle today. One of them is he apparently in the House Judiciary Committee, uh, he told them back in October that two of Trump's own cabinet members were open to invoking the 25th Amendment. And this was according to Rosenstein. So the 25th Amendment, just for context, provides, I know most of you know this, but um, provides procedures for removing the president when he is, quote, unable, he uh, he or she or they. <laughs> good point, good point. <laughs> is, <laughs> one day, um, <laughs> quote, unable to discharge the powers and duties of his or her or theirs office, uh, end quote. So basically, it's uh, this motherfucker is insane. Get them out right now, please. <laughs> uh, Baker is currently under criminal investigation for leaking to the press also. That's a good thing just to know about him. But Republicans decided to release these transcripts on Tuesday, and Doug Collins did this, and it's part of a recent string of Republicans entering their transcripts back into the record uh, from their investigation into the handling of FBI's Russia probe. So that was one of the that to me i think that's probably the biggest revelation that's pretty intense uh we also learned that it was apparently andrew mccabe who told him that he had heard from rosenstein that he that rosenstein was the one who was willing to wear the wire and that was very much not a joke that's the second biggest revelation that comes from this today i think and it's Remember, it was circulated. There was that completely ridiculously chaotic news day that was like, 
Rosenstein was gonna wear a wire. Oh wait, no, he wasn't. It was just a joke. Oh wait, and all and everyone was all over the place in the news, and it was right. just now it's confirmed that it was no joke whatsoever. Yes, yeah. or at least as far as Jim Baker's testimony went. So, yeah, yeah. And this is how the exchange went. The question was, and what happened after? Um, okay, I'm sorry. So Baker said, to the best of my recollection. McCabe told me that the deputy attorney general said that he had at least two members of the cabinet who were ready to invoke the 25th Amendment. And then a rep asks, and what happened after that during that conversation? Did Mr. McCabe tell you anything else? And Baker said, I'm sure he told me other other things in that conversation, but it was in part both of those things that were relayed to me with other information with respect to what the DAG was going through at the time and how he was thinking about his involvement in the firing of Director Comey and how he was thinking about proceeding after that. And then they ask him, did people tell you that the DAG was upset? Baker says, yes. Then he's asked, did they tell you that he was making jokes? And he said, no. And then they said, did they tell you that? And he said, this was not a joking sort of time. This was pretty dark. And so this all happens around that conversation about the wire as well. So main takeaway being very, very serious concern about obstruction. And as it relates to the firing of James Comey, that spread across his cabinet, Trump's cabinet itself, and Rosenstein, that is now confirmed and on the record, the congressional record. Hell yeah. Well, thank you, Jordan. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. I was, uh, there's just news after news after news is just pouring in right now. Oh, so yeah. Excited. Got some sabotage? Oh, uh, yes, we definitely do. Uh, but first, let's talk about Justice Edgelord Supreme Bill Barr. <laughs> so he's been in public hearings the past couple of days, and a lot of questions have been raised about exactly what kind of watered-down Natty Light version of the Mueller report he's going to release <laughs> to Congress. Uh, first, we know that he's going to redact in four areas, including grand jury material under Rule 6E, uh, then shit he thinks is confidential, like sources and methods, tradecraft, and uncharged third parties. And then shit he thinks might embarrass the president. And then any other sentences with more than eight words in it. Um, <laughs> just kidding on that last part, but am I? <laughs> uh, and I have questions, specifically about the uncharged third parties. He says it's DOJ policy to keep their names private so that their reputations don't get ruined. Uh, but he probably says ruined. Um, But what he must mean is uncharged people Trump likes whose reputation they don't want to ruin because Mm -hmm. they had no problem going public about about uncharged Hillary Clinton. Uh, But she's not a third party, you say? Okay, how about uncharged Andy McCabe or uncharged Peter Strzok and Lisa Page or uncharged Jim Baker or Gaddis or Bowditch or Jim Comey? How about all those uncharged folks? whose shit the DOJ was fine with releasing. Mm -hmm. And were their reputations ruined? Well, let's see. (laughs) Comey was fired. Uh, Gaddis and Bowditch retired. McCabe was fired a day before he earned his pension. Jim Baker was shoved into a boiler room in the basement of Human Resources without his swing line stapler. (laughs) Struck and Page are political punching bags. Just stop with the bullshit excuses and release the fucking report. Uh, And as far as 6E grand jury material, he says he won't request for it to be released to Congress without a judicial process in place, according to Rule 6E, which means the Democrats would have to open an impeachment inquiry into Trump to be able to request them. Fine. Uh, Even though he hasn't been that hasn't been required before uh, in in some cases. But, you know, I say go ahead. Open an impeachment inquiry. You don't have to actually move forward with impeachment. Just have some preliminary judicial hearing to decide if you're going to impeach him and then make a decision based on whether or not what's in the grand jury material is enough to get 20 Republican senators to agree to take out the trash when it comes down to a vote. And today, Barr said in his hearing that he thinks the Department of Justice was spying on the Trump campaign. Good. Uh, They didn't spy hard enough, if you ask me. (laughs) 
It was a clear kowtowing to Trump and his supporters to further the deep state conspiracy mm-hmm. assholes. Uh, everybody knows that if the FBI wanted to fuck Trump in the campaign hole, all they had to do was leak that he was under investigation, but they did not. Uh, then he said he spoke to Mueller about obstruction. Barr said he spoke to Mueller about obstruction, but doesn't have any idea whether Mueller punted on obstruction and wouldn't say whether or not Mueller wanted Congress to take up the matter. As we know, Dems are now requesting all communications on the matter, and I sincerely hope they get it because the stonewalling shit will not stand. Uh, and what the hell is Barr's endgame anyway? Is he trying to get a spot on the Supreme Court? <laughs> like, what the fuck is he doing? Aim for the stars. People are like, well, his kids got jobs. I'm like, yeah, but it's a Trump administration. For how long are his kids going to have jobs? Good that, point, that's yeah. That's not it. Uh, there's something. That maybe maybe Trump's got something on him. I, I've considered that because I can't think of anything else that will be beneficial to him when Trump is gone. That yeah, I don't. Maybe yeah. it was part of the Kennedy deal Ooh, with yeah. the Justice Kennedy. Don't you want a loan? There's got to be so much more there. Payoffs. Maybe Kavanaugh. Maybe he's ski. Uh, oh no! He, or he's uh, was it PJ and Squee oh, no. and Squee? <laughs> yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. Skis are what you drink. Squee <laughs> is what you boof. Oh yeah, I bet Kavanaugh knows all about that. <laughs> yeah. And then there's Mueller, uh, and it was reported today he's leaving the Department of Justice in the coming days and will once again be a private citizen. Hey, baby. Um, he's asked, he's been asked to testify to Congress. So this weekend, we're going to record an episode uh, with a segment just from Mueller. So if you know him, let him know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's all the things we want to ask him, and I think it'll be a good one. So tune in. And <clears throat> we got a lot of last minute news here, guys. So I'm sorry I'm usurping a lot of the time here. But breaking news from a few minutes ago Bezos will meet with Southern District of New York as soon as this week Ooh. on extortion and Saudi hacking claims. Fuck yeah. And prosecutors can go wherever this leads. This is the Southern District of New York. Gavin DeBecker says he has hard evidence. Um, the Saudis could be indicted in this. Uh, this means uh, this meeting signals that the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District is escalating its probe into Bezos's suggestion that the Saudis were behind the Enquirer story that threatened to make public racy text messages Bezos sent to his then mistress Lauren Sanchez. So put some beans on those AMI Pecker Howard indictments as well. <laughs> and in related breaking news, Washington Post is just now reporting that the National Enquirer is expected to be sold imminently. And according to the Post, uh, the decision to sell came after a guy who manages the hedge fund whose firm controls American Media, Inc., uh, became, quote, disgusted with the Enquirer's reporting tactics, begging the question, so you were cool with headlines like Gordon Ramsay sex dwarf eaten by badger? <laughs> Or Saddam and Osama adopt shaved ape baby. Oh, I read that one. Oh, my God. I read that one. (laughs) And, of course, who could forget the old chestnut, Dick Cheney is a robot. (laughs) (laughs) Although that last one is quite believable. Yes. And finally, uh, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin had until today to respond to the demand for Trump's taxes. And just a bit ago, he responded saying he won't meet the deadline and questions the Ways and Means Committee's Congressional Investigative Authority saying, quote, the committee's request raises serious questions and issues concerning the constitutional scope of congressional investigative authority, the legitimacy of the asserted legislative purpose, and the constitutional rights of American citizens. The president also, the president also said Tuesday he has no obligation to release his tax returns because he's under audit. But the IRS commissioner has said anyone can release their tax returns even if they're under audit. So fuck off. <laughs> 
And this just in, just floating across my desk. They are expected to indict Greg Craig. Oh, Democratic lobbyist. Dude, I none didn't of us him. had them this week, huh? Yeah. And we talked about him at the live it, show. Expected, though. So we, we sure did. It's expected. If we can make it to Saturday, whoever goes Shit, first can put Greg Julissa. Craig on it. Yeah. Is, yeah. is he being charged for having two first names finally? Is yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two first names. So, see, Republicans, we're all for also getting the Democrats that fucked up. So, mm-hmm. it is now. 37 Republicans and Russians versus Two Russians versus Demo- one Democrat. Oh, just one. Okay, yeah. okay. For now. You got one. <laughs> Have them. The deep state. It's ba- it's all balanced. <laughs> uh, all right, you guys. Th- that's all the news. That's the hits. All the hits and more. Um, that was wanna, a good one. Yeah, I liked yeah. it. I want to thank you guys again um, for for everything that you do as patrons. Um, and uh, I'm going to do my best to keep public. I was chatting today, you guys, with... Uh, the official photographer for the Obamas. So cool. And I'm feeling a little hopeful. He's going to go, he's going to go uh, shoot, um, not shoot, but well, photograph <laughs> Mayor Pete. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> he's oh, going to go shoot Mayor Pete. That's so funny. <laughs> he's super hopeful. <laughs> no, he, yeah, he's going to go shoot Mayor Pete. He's doing his big announcement on Sunday. Wow. Uh, and so, and he's also doing some uh, work for a few other candidates. He's like, I'm just going to help where I can because we got to get this done. Yeah. Uh, and he he sees still sees and hangs out with the Obamas and and they're still as hopeful as ever. So that's amazing. Um, I was trying to get like a like send me a message of hope. Yes, <laughs> a sign. Dude, Shepard Ferry needs to pick his candidate, and then <laughs> and then we'll know who will win. Yeah, then we'll know. Shepard <laughs> Ferry, oh, yeah. spin the Shepard Ferry wheel. <laughs> Obey. <laughs> and then we used to play pool with him at Gas House downtown. What? That's dope. Yeah, back when he was just. No, back when he was still doing like hand making the, the Andre the Giant stuff. stuff. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Apparently he got into a lawsuit with a photographer of that Obama picture though, and that was kind of a bummer to know mm-hmm. that he didn't I don't want to solander him here, but I, I'm pretty sure he kinda didn't do right by the guy. The dude that did the original photo. Because the whole Hope Obama thing, you uh-huh. know? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't take that photo, right? He took it from someone and then oh. made all this money off of yeah. the graphic he created. Fun fact. He also made him president, though, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like it, but I love his art a lot. Yeah, small price to pay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was really cool on the inside of the bell house, all the um, Shep Ferry art yes. that was all on the walls. I love his cool. stuff. It was really good. And, and the Cosmopolitan Hotel in, uh-huh. in Vegas and all their parking garages and stuff has just amazing yeah. floor-to-ceiling Shep Ferry. Yeah. That's it, awesome. Yeah, it's incredible. All right, well. Got off on a little tangent. Yes, we did. Sorry. Yep. Um, it's all good. We do appreciate you guys so much. Really, thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank God for steroids. Um, yeah. Thanks, everyone. that sent all the well wishes to AG. You flood it with them. Just everyone was so kind and, and thoughtful. I, I do want to say I know that they're incredibly bad for you. I have a lot of friends <laughs> who have lives have been devastated by by steroid use, and I don't want to. I'm not. I'm, I'm in no way. Right. Uh, it's not your new thing. <laughs> no, I am not. Uh, what was promoting the use of right? Of you steroids. were in the hospital. They gave I was you in the medicine. Hospital. Yeah, yeah. And, and they almost put it right in Mueller's head. Oh no! On my, on my like, which arm do you want to go in? And I was like, I was so sick. I'm like, what is put it in me? <laughs> oh, like right above his head. Band aid was like right over it. That's it was, so funny. I'll show you a picture. Yeah. We'll put it. We'll put Mueller's it in the tough. He can take it. Yeah. His head gets all roided. <laughs> I just got a, on the topic of shots, I just got my last Gardasil shot. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm not sure myself what that's to for. a little bit of herpes. Oh. oh. It's an HPV vaccine. There yes. you go. Yeah. I spoke too soon. <laughs> <laughs> We're all healthy up We are. Yes. I appreciate you. Safe space. Treat myself. <laughs> treat yourself. Gardasil. That should be their, <laughs> that's their slogan. <laughs> Literally treat yourself. <laughs> Literally. 
I'm going to pitch that to the VA. Oh, do it. Hell yeah. And thank you to the VA, too, for taking care of me. Um, they are amazing. It's an incredible organization. They're doing all the right things. So uh, for now, <laughs> to Mar-a-Lago dickheads, get a hold of them. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, thank you. And uh, we will see you, what, tomorrow? We got the book club. And yes. we got our daily beans. Mm-hmm. And don't miss the main episode this weekend. It's going to be epic. I'm excited. Um, Scott Stedman's going to be on it. His book's coming out. Yes. And I know some of you think he's fishy because he's published in the same publisher that I think Roger Stone published his book on. Hmm. I promise you it's not got anything to do with anything. They're not affiliated They in published any other his way. book. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and I'm, I know Stedman, he's a good dude. So. Stedman, yeah. Yeah, he's so <laughs> tiny. He's adorable. And just so smart. It blows my mind, little 22-year-old little fucker. Yeah, yeah. a little prodigy. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. Oh, and congrats to Natasha Bertrand. They're taking, taking. She's going over to Politico. Yeah. <gasps> Very cool. So fucking cool. That's amazing. Natasha. Yeah. Definitely. Congrats. She, now maybe she can play fuck Mary kill. I was us. just thinking yeah. that. <laughs> oh, so she's not going to do MSNBC stuff anymore? <clears throat> or I oh, guess just not the, not uh, the Atlantic. Atlantic. Got it. That's why still she a contributor couldn't. probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, but I'm sure she probably still won't. But. That's true. Although Katie Fang played that game with much enthusiasm. She That's did. true. And, and she's a talking head sometimes. So. Well, yeah. yeah, maybe sometime in the future Natasha will come around and play with us. We'll see. Yeah, Politico's pretty loose. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she's one of the most legit journalists I know. So. Absolutely. All right, cool, guys. Uh, we'll see you soon. Please take care of each other. Love one another. I've been AG. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Our marketing consultant and social media manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our subscriber and communications director is Jordan Coburn. Fact-checking and research by AG, and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com. Hi, I'm Dan Dunn, host of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, the most wildly entertaining adult beverage-themed podcast in the history of the medium. That's right, the boozy best of the best, baby. And we have the cool celebrity promos to prove it. Check this out. Hi, I'm Allison Janney, and you're here with me on What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And that's my sexy voice. Boom. Boom is right, Academy Award winner Allison Janney. As you can see, celebrities just love this show. How cool is that? Hey, this is Scotty Pippen, and you're listening to The Dan Dunn Show. And wait, hold on. The name of the show is what? All right, sure. Scotty Pippen momentarily forgot the show's name, but there's a first time for everything. Hey, everyone. This is Scoot McNary. I'm here with Dan Dunn on What Are You Drinking? What's it called again? Fine, twice. But famous people really do love this show. Hi, this is Will Forte, and you're, for some reason, listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. What do you mean for some reason, Will Forte? What's going on? Hi, this is Kurt Russell. Listen, I escaped from New York, but I couldn't get the hell out of Dan Dunn's happy hour. Please, send help. Send help? Oh, come on, Kurt Russell. Can somebody out there please help me? I'm Dita Von Tees, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. <laughs> Let me try one more time. Come on. Is that oh, right? What we're is drinking? It's amazing. It's, it's it amazing. Right it's just... Is it right? 
Ah, that's better. So be like Dita Von Teese, friends, and listen to what we're drinking with Dan Dunn, available wherever you get your podcasts. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.